even though it's lacking narrative, our passage from the Bible today is still considered to be one of Jesus' parables. It's just a little baby one. <laughs> it's a parable about seeing and about being seen. I was reading about the um, famous, prominent astronomer, uh, Percival Lowell. Um, he was probably, in his day, one of the world's most distinguished astronomers. Um, he was known for his study of the solar system, and he had this peculiar fascination uh, with uh, the planet Mars. Um, he was convinced that there were canals on Mars, and therefore water and, and life. In 1877, an Italian astronomer had noted these crisscrossing lines uh, across the red planet, and um, Percival Lowell was, was convinced um, that these were canals and that there was water, and so he spent the rest of his days squinting through uh, the, the lens of his uh, eyepiece of his giant telescope in, in Arizona. Uh, and he was convinced that these canals were proof of intelligent life on Mars, maybe even older life uh, and, and wiser life. Uh, but he was so uh, uh, prominent and renowned that, that no one uh, dared to, uh, to challenge it, and it actually gained widespread uh, acceptance. Well, well, now, you know, we know a whole lot more. I mean, we, we've had uh, landings on Mars with, with uh, uh, the telescopes that we have. Um, it's been made clear that, that there are no canals. And so the question is, is, is how did he, he get that so wrong? Uh, this, uh, this entire planet has been completely mapped. Um, how could Lowell have thought there was something that was there when it really wasn't there? Well, there's a, a couple of things. Uh, one, maybe like he wanted to see it so badly that he just did. Like He just saw it and he, he believed what he saw. And the other thing is, we also know that, that Lowell had this very rare eye disease that caused him to, to see um, his eye vessels that, that were bulging. And it's actually, this disease is, is, is now called Lowell's syndrome. Well, in, in the parable, in this little story that, that Jesus tells, it's actually more like a, a structure that we can put our, our own story into, a framework. Um, he, he gives this warning. Um, I'm warned about uh, seeing the, the speck in someone else's eye while I'm missing the, the log in, in my own eye. Um, and I think it's kind of like the, the spiritual version of Lowell's syndrome. You know, sometimes uh, I, I think I have a, a first-hand view of your shortcomings when all along uh, uh, my vision is distorted because of my own disease. Uh, so I've been given fair warning. Jesus gives us that about seeing the speck in your eye while not noticing or maybe even ignoring the log in, in mine. I don't know if Jesus was trying to be funny with this, but 
he was certainly making an exaggerated point. When you look at those Greek words, uh, the Greek word for log, dokos, means main beam, like the, the main wooden beam in a structure, so something huge. Um, uh, the Greek for speck is, is karphon, which uh, means chip, like a, a wooden chip. So we're to take the, the main beam or the large wooden beam out of our own eyes before we try to take the speck or the wooden chip out of someone else's eye. And essentially what, what Jesus is saying is like, don't make these judgments, but particularly don't make them uh, in, in your blindness. But we do, don't we? <laughs> like we make judgments all the time. And I'm sure it's because we have access to all these lovely stereotypes. Like I see someone and I make judgments on them and I uh, frame them in this picture or, or I put them in that box. Um, and maybe um, the way I encounter them or avoid them is, is based on these things that I see, uh, these judgments that I make. I, I read about Sebastian Younger. He, um, he decided to, uh, to hitchhike across the country and, and head to California. And in the National Geographic Adventure magazine, uh, he, writes, he writes his story and he writes about this journey and, and like what took place uh, when he was um, going through Gillette, Wyoming. There had been this huge blizzard and so it was in the aftermath of the blizzard. He's walking along the snow and he sees this guy coming towards him uh, on the, on the off-ramp to the road uh, from the town. And the guy was kind of rough looking. He had, he had on really dirty uh, coveralls. He was, he was carrying a, a black lunchbox. And as he got a little bit closer, he noticed that his hair was, was matted and kind of stuck together. Um, you know, and he figured that this guy's been on the skids. He hadn't uh, done anything with his hair uh, for, for months. And so he felt a little uneasy about that. And so uh, he had some pepper spray in his pocket, so he reached into his pocket to, to have the, the pepper spray ready um, before he turned. Um, and and this, uh, this guy said to him, uh, you know, you've been out here long? He said, yeah. And he said, well, where are you headed? I'm going to California. And the guy was like, well, it's warm out there. And he's like, yeah, it's warm out there. Uh, he said, you got enough food? And he thought to himself, clearly this guy doesn't have any food. Um, and if he admitted that he did, he would ask for some, he would have to open up his backpack and there would be all of this, his fancy, you know, camping and, and hiking gear. Um, so he just kind of felt alone, kind of ripe for, for pillage. And so he didn't want any of that. So he said, ah, I got some cheese. The guy was like, you won't make it to California with just a little bit of cheese. He said, you'll starve. Well, Sebastian didn't really understand where this guy was going at first. Uh, he was like, what's he saying anyway? So he kind of kept his hand on his pepper spray. He really felt like he was going to be attacked by this guy and mugged. Uh, but then he said, believe me, I know. He says, listen, I'm, I'm living in my car uh, back in town. Every day, he says, I walk out to the mine to see if they need any help. I uh, went out there this morning. They didn't need any help today. Uh, so I won't be needing this lunch of mine. And then Sebastian just kind of sagged because uh, he knew what was happening. He began to understand, you know, in this guy's world, everything that you have is in, is in your bag. Uh, it's all you've got. And he knew that a little cheese would never get him to California. And, but Sebastian said, no, I'm fine, really. It's, it's, it's no big deal. I don't need your lunch. And he shook his head and he opened his lunchbox and he gave him everything that was in it. It was a, a, a typical, like, church box lunch. 
had a, a bologna sandwich and an apple and a bag of chips and Sebastian kept pro protesting but um, he wouldn't hear of it so he, he finally took his lunch watched the, the guy walk away ahead of him and in this article he just talks about you know his life's journey and all the stuff that he learned in college the stuff he'd learned when he was in Europe the stuff he learned when he was in Mexico and in, in his, his hometown of Belmont Massachusetts but here he was standing out on this frozen piece of land in the middle of nowhere and he learned generosity from a homeless man uh, a homeless man that uh, he had judged and, and put in this uh, specific box in our parable you may notice that Jesus uses the term brother. In the, in the New Revised Standard Version, um, they, they translate that Greek word neighbor. Uh, but when you, know, when you look down, if your Bible's like mine, the, uh, in the little footnote, the Greek literally means brother. Um, and so what, what Matthew is saying as he you know, uh, relays Jesus' story is that this person that you're supposed to correct, this person that has the speck in the eye, uh, that's the object of, of correction, um, is, not a, is not a stranger, um, but it's the church. It's, it's a believer. It's, it's a friend. It's friendship with friends. I, I, I don't know who said this, um, but it's a, a quote that I've always remembered about a, a true friend. A, a friend is someone who stabs you in the front. And there's some truth to that. And, and I think there's a, a part of that in this story. Now, Plutarch says, I don't need a friend who changes when I change or who nods when I nod. My shadow does that much better. A friend is someone who does this kind of thing. You, you have to earn that right, though, I think. Um, and in order to earn that right, and what Jesus is saying is that it starts with a self-awareness. It, it starts with a self-examination. I have to realize that um, my focusing on, on your faults can easily blind me to my own shortcomings, uh, to this uh, wooden beam, Jesus says, that's, that's in my own eye. And, and if I, if I proceed without this awareness and without this self-examination, there's a lot of humility and honesty that's needed in that. Well, then, then Jesus uh, says, I'm, I'm a hypocrite. And what a hypocrite is, is, is a pretender, someone who's, who's putting on pretense, um, somebody who's, who's wearing a mask, uh, who's uh, saying one thing and, and doing another. And so one thing that's clear in, in Jesus' teachings, really in this section, there's just a, a collection Matthew does it and Luke does it too, a collection of Jesus' sayings, um, is, is that who I am and what I say and what I do, like they're, they're inseparable, uh, they're, they're intertwined. Uh, like a tree in its fruit. Jesus says you can know a tree uh, by the, the fruit that it bears. So I noticed in this little baby parable that Jesus tells us not to judge, but he doesn't tell us not to remove the speck. Like We still make judgments, but we, we do so through a different lens, um, through the lens of friendship. And in that, there's, there's integrity and, and there's caring.
but it's not easy. It requires trust. And trust is important in this business of, of taking things out of each other's eyes. Our eyes are fragile. Our, our hearts are fragile. Uh, but it's what we need. And it's what friends do. So even when there's division, and I feel like there's a lot of that today, especially among believers. You know, division is division, which, which literally means two visions. And so we're both trying to help the other see more clearly, <laughs> help the other see the way that, that, that we see. You know, last week we talked about the levels of relationship, and level three was companionship. Like, that's when our opinions come in. And, and we talked about how when I begin to share my opinions with someone, um, oftentimes that's where the relationship will end. Um, it, it, it stops there. Uh, but if we can go beyond it, like if we can push through it, if we can do this spec log thing, well, that's when church happens. And it happens because there's love in the room. And when there's love in the room, which is what Jesus is after, then I'll know that I can see, and I'll know that I am seen. Thanks be to God. Amen.